What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. Today, my guest is an old friend and former client, <laughs> Beth Shaver. Beth, how are you? Hey, Kevin. I'm good. <laughs> how are you? Awesome. I'm I'm very good. I'm so excited to have you on just because um, kind of what we were talking about right before we started. Most guests, I have to do you know, quite a bit of prep. I have to read, you know, if it's like a researcher, I have to read a lot of their published work or I have to read the specific topic that they're going to discuss with me. For other people, I have to, you know, I just have to do a lot of prep work. And then every once in a while, I get a guest where we just get to talk about their story and their, you know, kind of their life. And so this is one of those episodes. So I'm super excited. So Take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of jump into um, why your story is really unique and why it's uh, why I think it's important for everyone to hear about it. And yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I was really honored to be on here um, to share. And I was trying to remember back, like when we first met. I think it was probably two thousand. 14 or something. Um, so it's been a few years, yeah, since we've seen each other in mm-hmm. person, but I guess everyone's doing everything virtually now. So <laughs> this makes sense to meet up again here <laughs> through the computer. Um, right. But uh, yeah, no, I think first of all, a shout out to you because you really did help me back in 2014. Um, so, and I'm glad we've been able to stay in touch. So thank you. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I guess how I came to find you is also part of this story too. Um, so, I mean, I grew up playing soccer. That was definitely my favorite sport. Um, I have a twin brother, so anything that involved, you know, like sports, he was doing, so I wanted to do it too. <laughs> um, but I, um, soccer was always my passion, and I just love running. So um, my whole life, I've always enjoyed running. And if, you know, if in soccer, if we we're asked to run a mile, like I wanted to run two miles. Like I'm just that kind of person who wants to keep running. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I played club soccer in growing up and I played high school soccer and everything. Unfortunately, I did blow up my knee from ACL in my sophomore year, um, had a, like a reconstruction the next year. And so it kind of derailed my plans to play further past that. Um, but, um, in college I got into, uh, running, I guess like half marathons. I was kind of like right when I had just gotten into that. Uh, just like running straight lines was recommended at that point. <laughs> so I, that was good for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that distance um, and was doing half marathons a lot in college. Um, but right after college, which was in 2011, um, probably like two weeks after I graduated from college, I uh, injured my ankle in a soccer match um, colliding with this other player. And unfortunately it was a really bad injury. And uh, what looked like one surgery turned into four surgeries. Um, and I went from, you know, this really active lifestyle to, um, being on crutches and like looking at really just a really bleak outlook. Um, they told me that, um, I got complications from that, from some of the surgeries that led to complex regional pain syndrome type two, um, in my right leg. And it unfortunately spread to my left leg. And at one point I was in a wheelchair. And so it was really like, crazy to go from like a life of fitness and someone who loves running to, you know, um, 
really like just in pain and being on crutches or in a wheelchair um, at 23 years old. And, um, and so by then it was about 2012 when I was still going through these surgeries and I was traveling around the country. At that point I was still living in San Antonio um, but end up traveling all over the country trying um, to meet with different doctors and see if there's anything else that could be done. Um, even trying to consider elective amputation because I thought we've got to get back to running. Like if there's nothing else we could do to, you know, to with my leg, um, like let's cut it off. Like I didn't, at that point, I wasn't even worried about that. I just wanted to get back to like anything to get me back. Um, mm -hmm. I was willing to do it. And um, unfortunately though, uh, it's not really a good option with complex regional pain syndrome to amputate. So I was really in like a hard space, hard spot. Um, I just kind of enrolled in this pain management program uh, and just kind of like learned to cope. And I like just know that like, you know, that your life, you know, unfortunately like there's injuries that you just don't recover from. And, you know, we're sorry to tell you that. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> that's not going to work for me. Like I, I, I can't just be in a program like this and consider it done. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's just not, there's got to be something else that can be done. And this so, is not I, an option. yeah, there's not an option for me. So, thank <laughs> you. Like, I appreciate that. And, like, I'll take yeah. some notes from this, but like, I'm going to have to keep looking because this is, I'm, I'm too young for this. And also, I just love sports and being active. And so, I think it helped being an athlete up to that point, you know, having that mindset of, you know, when the going gets tough, like you just keep going. And mm -hmm. so I felt at that point, I felt really strong still, like, and I felt, you know, in my heart, like I felt like I was not ready to give up. And so I had that going for me as I felt really still pretty positive, even though it's not that positive <laughs> at that time, I still felt like, you know, I'm going to fi find something. And so um, I ended up getting back to San Antonio and still, you know, going through just like different treatments. Um, there and um, friends and family knew I was still looking for options. And uh, one day, uh, this uh, coworker of mine had shown me an article in Time Magazine about this this uh, um, this brace that was allowing wounded soldiers to go back to war and um, deploy again. And it was this really cool carbon fiber black um, ca black carbon fiber brace. And you know, it was really awesome to read how these devastating injuries. Um, much worse than mine, you know, like blast injuries uh, that happened to soldiers that was allowing them to deploy again with their leg. And I thought, okay, like I have to get this, like this will work. Mm -hmm. this, if this works for them, it's got to work for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, I remember showing, taking the article, showing it to my doctor that time. And he was, uh, he was like, oh, like, unfortunately that won't be available to civilians for probably a while. Um, you know, you might just like hopefully though in time, like it'll be available and, but that's not an option right now. And I was thinking, well, I don't know if you know me cause I'm gonna reach out to them. <laughs> like, I'm gonna join the military. So I tried to, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna join the military. Well, unfortunately wow. that didn't work out well. And so Talk you can ulterior motives. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I tried and they're like, mm, no, not, not, <laughs> not if you can't, if you're still on crutches, you know. And so I thought, okay, well, that's not going to turn me. I'm going to figure out who designed this brace. And I'm going to ask them directly. And so I found, you know, in the article who it was, and um, his name's Ryan Blanc. And so I reached out to him on LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn messages only give you a few characters. And so I was very, I remember rewriting that sentence a lot, like, 
I only get one sentence here. So, you know, I'm like really trying. And thankfully, um, I was really blessed that he was just an incredibly nice person. He responded to my email, I mean, my LinkedIn message and was like, I'd love to help you. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the first, at that point, that was the first person to kind of say like, you know, I'm going to, I have, I'm going to help you no matter, you know, I'm going to figure out something. And, and to that point, mm-hmm. I hadn't really found someone like that. I'd been through a lot of surgeons and doctors all over the country who had kind of, I'd come to the end of the road with them. And that was mm-hmm. kind of it. And um, I just felt this like renewed sense of hope. And he said, you know, he'd be opening this device to civilians if I could just like, wait a little bit longer. Um, and so that was, I think that was the beginning of 2013 by that point. So it'd been almost two years at this point. Um, and uh, and so end up having to travel a bit more for some different treatments of my leg. And then um, in November 2013, I became the first uh, female civilian to get the device. And wow. so, so um, let me pause you there. Before all of this happened, like, how are you getting around? Like, what, what's your day to day look like? At that point, uh, my twin brother was living with me and he was helping me, driving me everywhere. I was on crutches. Um, I required help, you know, by my brother. Um, he actually delayed going to law school to help me. Um, he lived with me um, and would drive me to work and drive me to physical therapy. Um, and my parents helped me a lot. Yeah, so I was I was really dependent on people for almost everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, so if you if you want to get up and go anywhere, you're on crutches and you're. Yeah, I was on crutches or in a wheelchair or, yeah, um, off and on through that. And I, you know, I was going through physical therapy at that point and like there'd be periods where I would maybe able to take a few steps, you know, but it was really painful. And um, ultimately I'd end up back in the crutches, you know, in a wheelchair and had different um, ankle foot orthotics, um, those orthoses that you see that cover, you know, up to the knee, um, different walking boots, like I was in a cast, basically just rotating between those, you know. Wow. So it was really hard. Um, I, I cannot even imagine. I mean, like, when somebody gets hurt, they're usually in, you know, if it's like, you know, if it's a serious issue and maybe they're in a boot for 12 weeks. Like, that's yeah. a long time. That's a long time to be in a boot. Like, yeah. you're on crutches for years. Yeah. At that point, it... I, I remember, you know, people would say, and now that's been, you know, it's been some time since 2011 and 2012, but I still remember like back then people being telling me, oh, it's so, it's so sad to see like a young person, you know, on crutches this much. And I remember telling them, you know, don't be sad. Like, you know, it's, I'm going to get better. You know, I kept thinking like, I was still was pretty positive about it, but you know, you want, you don't want to be in that situation, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you didn't want their pity. You were like, it's yeah. going to be fine. Exactly. I'm like, don't be sad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm committed to getting this all fixed. It's gonna happen. I felt, and I and I remember feeling so so determined. And and part of that, I think, is a credit to, you know, I I feel like my my faith during that you know during that time especially was really strong. And I felt like, you know, um, when one door closed, like another one did open. And I felt like, you know, if God had brought me through that, I was gonna continue, you know, to keep you know, finding the light in all of that, you know, darkness. And, and it really, it kept, I felt really positive. I was going to figure out something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so gotcha. I was grateful when I got 
to Ryan through the Hanger Clinic, you know, it really that door really did open and is just an incredible person. I always will be thankful to him. Um, but when I got that device in 2000, the Exosim in 2000, uh, November 2013, um, it had definitely it'd been over two years since I had walked. And um, yeah, so I became the first female civilian and the second civilian person to get it. And so I flew to Seattle, which is where that uh, Hanger Clinic location is located, where they have the Exosim. And it was just the most amazing feeling to be able to walk and run again. And not only just go for a jog, but sprint. And mm -hmm. I just, I remember them saying, come back. Like, you know, like I was like running off down the street and they're See like, well, slow it down. <laughs> I'm like, what do you want me to do? You want me to go run a mile? Like, what do you, what should I do? <laughs> I was so excited. I'm like, do you want, what do you, what should I do? I'm so, like, I'm, I was so excited. And, I, and at that point I was, pretty much there by myself because my parents had exhausted all, you know, vacation and sick time with work that I traveled there by myself and mm -hmm. super nice people in this little small town there that like let me stay with them. And when I, you know, ran out of like hotel, you know, money and stuff and people are just incredibly kind during this time. And mm -hmm. um, it just like really like brought my spirit back to be able to run again. Like when you're, when you're an athlete and you, that's like your, way of life, you know, to get that back, it still gives me, actually gives me goosebumps <laughs> because it really, it really transformed my life. And, um, I've, I finally found, like, I was like, this is the reason I held on for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's still, it's like kind of emotional to even talk about that because it was such a, just an amazing just transformation that getting that device that day. And, um, it really, it was, that was definitely one of the best days of my whole life. <laughs> I, I, I believe it. Like, I totally believe it. Like, yeah. um, and that was the device that you had seen me with, you know, yeah. And yeah. when I met you in Dallas. So I think actually right after that, I ended up moving to Dallas, um, which is where I met you when I, and so part of getting that device was going through this physical therapy program, you know, they don't, it's a, um, so it's, it's this carbon fiber, you know, hybrid prosthetic device. And so using it, you use it full time, you know, you don't really take it off. And so um, I, I need, you know, you go through physical therapy and you kind of, I hadn't really walked normally, you know, without crutches in so long. So they suggest that you kind of work with someone back at home, um, you know, physical therapy wise or like a trainer or something. And so I think that's actually how I found you because <laughs> I was looking for someone who had movement, like who was actually not just a trainer, but someone who had that mentality of understanding how the body and biomechanics work and mm -hmm. could kind of bridge that crap, that gap for me. Um, and that was, that was actually how it found you, <laughs> you know, so I was really glad. <laughs> actually, I don't know if I found you on the internet or somehow I was lucky to find you, but yeah, I was really glad I did because you helped me a lot. And that was right when I, right when I got the device, you know? Um, yeah. I remember uh, like, our first meeting you know you you'd kind of mention kind of what was going on and I was yeah. like okay well <laughs> what like what do you want to do and you're like oh just like some adventure racing <laughs> what okay all right like if that's, if that's what we're gonna do that's what we're gonna do as as much as possible I feel like there's too many people out there who they think they're being realistic they think they're trying to be reasonable. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, that that goal is not for you. That's too lofty. You're yeah. going to hurt yourself. 
you're setting yourself up for disappointment and failure. And I've seen too many people leave a doctor's office or a physical therapist or a Cairo or whatever. Mm -hmm. And immediately go and do exactly what that person told them they couldn't do. (laughs) So I try as much as possible to be like, let's see. That's a good point. Because yeah, when someone tells you don't do that, it's like when when you have that on your heart to do it, you know, it's like, "Mm, it's kind of hard to to steer them off that. So yeah, you were good about, it was, it was, I think that was actually the race where it was 120 mile um, kayak biking and running from Key Largo to Key West. And you were like, "Mm." (laughs) I remember everyone being like, is this a good idea? (laughs) I really wanted to do it in um, I was thankful that you didn't stop me, but um, <laughs> that was, I, that was I, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say that was the first thing I did after getting the device was sign up for that race. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know too many endurance athletes yeah. who, if they go to a medical professional who tells them like, oh, you're injured or, oh, mm-hmm. you're, you've got this situation don't run for eight weeks. Yeah. Don't run for a month. And then let's see if that issue goes away. Like they're not going to stop. Like they're it's so hard to stop. For something. Exactly. When you're, tra- yeah, exactly. When you're training for something, you're not going to just stop. You're not going to stop. Like I, I didn't stop running when I got injured in college. Like I had to change things. I had to adjust. Yeah. But if I went to an athletic trainer because I was having issues with my hip or issues with my whatever. And they were like, hey, you've got to stop running for two weeks. I would have said, okay. And I would have turned around and left. And, like, it's just too often mm-hmm. the, the, the remedy is or the prescription is don't, don't do whatever. control (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but then you went and did it yeah so I went and did that and it was awesome you know (laughs) like thanks to you um I was able to do that and it was so cool to to you (laughs) you did it you did all the work like oh you helped me yeah well you helped me um (laughs) okay I'll take this okay um So yeah, finish crossing that finish line was awesome because it was the first time I had crossed a finish line, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, 
I did run a 5k in between that but to me like 5k's weren't were never to me a 5k is always like no matter what even if I haven't run one in years like I just always want I feel like it's not enough like I just want to be running more than that so (laughs) even though it was my first 5k in between there I still was like okay I gotta do this that that's cool but I gotta do my 120 mile (laughs) right so um 5k is as far as I want to race okay (laughs) I don't want to do anything further than that I just feel like I I feel like a 10k is my favorite distance um looking forward to when I can do that again um but so when I crossed that finish line in Key West it was just awesome to like literally cross a finish line you just forget what that feels like you know Mm -hmm. um and it kind of just catapulted me into feeling like I was capable of doing so much you know because I never I'd never done something that far before and so um I just along with getting that device and finding my new like you know sense of my athlete freedom again i i just felt like i i've got to take this as a gift because i was once looking at maybe not being able to do this again and it felt like wow this is a gift and so i wanted to use what i've been through to help other people and so i started a blog to help other patients with the exosim and um kind of like a lifestyle like blog thing and um I I just wanted to make sure I was paying it forward in some way, you know, because I felt like I've been helped and I wanted to help other people. And so I really got into doing that. And I and I felt like, wow, I really found my calling. (laughs) And so I just it felt like everything was going pretty good. And I felt I felt like, wow, you know, I've been through this injury and I'm on the up and up (laughs) like this is I like life is good again, you know, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that I have to wear this brace, you know, for life. Like I was totally okay with that. Um, it, you know, it helped me and it allowed me to live the life I wanted to again. Um, and so I got into CrossFit and I started, you know, traveling and doing all these different races and uh, running half marathons again. Um, and, uh, so a couple of years went by. Um, and so in 2016, I was living in Austin at that point and, um, got really into CrossFit. And unfortunately, um, one day at CrossFit, I was climbing a rope, um, to the ceiling and I let go of the rope at the top um, on the way down. It was burning my hands and I let go. <laughs> and I and I remember falling thinking, oh, I better land on my exosim because it's carbon fiber, like maybe it will help me or something. And so I landed right on my bad you know, foot and my heel hurt so bad. My heel hurt really, really bad. I remember thinking, oh, I, got, I think I broke my heel. <laughs> um, but How high after- up do you think you were? I'm really bad with that, like, numbers. <laughs> like, what is the normal height of the ceiling? I mean, like, it's... I don't know, like a like It was, a like, regular. definitely double what a normal, like, what a, you know, what a room is. <laughs> like, a, okay. it was really high. It was... Maybe, like, I don't know, 20, 30 yeah, feet? Yeah, I think maybe 20-ish feet. Um, okay. It was pretty high. Like, it was definitely yeah. where it, it, like, you know, made an impact. Um, yeah. And... Uh, so unfortunately at that time I didn't really have, you know, a surgeon or doctor in Austin and, um, my other doctor, I I wasn't really in contact with anymore. Um, and, uh, and so I, you know, was able to get an x-ray. It didn't show anything like newly broken, you know, had showed some like, you know, healed fractures or whatever, but nothing was like new. And so I couldn't quite tell. And so, um, I was actually in the middle of training for a 24 hour adventure race. (laughs) And so, I was like, ah, I, well, what can I do to get back to running? Kind of like what we just talked about. Um, and uh, it was, 
uh, and, you know, it was still hurting quite a bit. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I should have just, you know, as much as I tried to push through it, I, I, all I could do was really try to walk without putting my heel down. So I started limping a lot. Um, and I was able to get in to see this one surgeon. Um, and I remember taking all my papers, which mind you, at this point, you know, my papers are pretty thick for when I need to go to the doctor. I'm like, here's my history. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> they were- Enjoy this novel. Yeah, like, where do you want to start? Like, <laughs> um, but I remember him saying, you know, come, he came in and he was like, mm, you should just probably go back to whoever did this to you, like these surgeries. I don't really want to get involved here. Like, this is too much for me kind of thing. And I was kind of used to people saying that, but um, still didn't make me feel good. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I thought, okay, um, all right. And so uh, I didn't, you know, I think that was probably like February 2016 or something. And um, the, the race was in the summer. And so um, I decided I was just going to continue. You know, I could get by as long as, as long as I didn't put my heel down, I actually was doing okay. And so I thought, well, I'll just, you know, adapt. And, you know, when you're running, you don't have to put your heel down. So um, in this device, it was, uh, had a carbon fiber foot plate. So you, it really, your ankle didn't move. So it didn't go down. And so um, just when I walked anywhere, I just never put my heel down. I thought, oh, that's a good idea, I guess. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but I ended up doing the race. And, um, and so in the summer of 2016, I did the race um, in Santa Barbara. And I almost jumped off the mountain. Like, it hurt that bad. Mm. I, I literally remember thinking like, does anyone have any medication? Like I need, like, I'm really hurting. Like I'm going to, when we, when everyone was, you know, walking down the mountain at, you know, in the early morning, I said, I'm going to have to run because I can't walk. It hurts that bad. Like it really hurt. I've never felt as much pain as at that point. I thought like, you know, it really hurt. And so mm -hmm. when I got back, I thought, okay, something is not right. You know, this, something is not right. And so, um, the only thing I thought to do was go back to the hanger clinic. My, you know, my family away from home was the hanger clinic. And, you know, if anyone knew what to do, they would. So I went back up there with exosome people and um, I was telling them, like, I've been limping, you know, I need, I don't know what else to do, but can you guys help me? And so they ended up adapting the brace to, you know, um, have more padding. And they told me, you really got to stop. You got to stop limping. You know, you can't, that's not good. It's not good to keep doing it like that. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Um, you know, and they thought you still should probably, you know, get this looked at. And I thought, okay, well, um, I'll, I'll stop one thing and I'll, and I'll try, but it's, you know, it's still really hurt. And so, um, but I thought, you know, I guess, I mean, I've been pretty good at, at this point, I've gotten really good at adapting the pain over, you know, it'd been almost five years since my original injury. So I'm pretty good at this point, like just not blocking out pain. And uh, unfortunately though, when I got home uh, two weeks later, I was in a car accident. <laughs> so I... Wow. On my way back from Dallas, uh, I was in an accident, um, and uh, my car ended up in a ditch, and I was hit by another car, and um, ended up with this really uh, severe concussion um, and injured my back. And um, <laughs> so now I'm on this path of trying to heal my head. And so mm -hmm. um, I ended up going through eight months of therapy for that. And um, wow. if you've ever had like a, you know, really bad concussion, you know, you don't want to be on lights. You don't want to be on sounds. Um, unfortunately I had a problem with like my memory. Like it was every day would mm -hmm. seem like it was the day after my car accident. And wow. so we had to like relive holidays. Um, like I never forget seeing, you know, in HDB, uh, when they would put up, when they put up like a holiday thing, like you see, 
Valentine's Day decorations. And, you know, obviously it's about to be Valentine's Day. Well, I would see that and think, why are they doing that? It hasn't even been Christmas. And I would have to wow. then go back and remind myself, like, Christmas has already happened. And so the accident no was way. in, yeah, the accident was December 4th of 2016. And so um, I would always think it was December 5th. Like, it was just, it was very strange. And so, um, though I could, like, like easily, day. it was like Groundhog Day, yeah. yeah. Um, but I could, yeah. you know, once I, like, reasoned it out and everything, I could figure out it wasn't that day. But it was, it took a lot of work. And so about eight months of therapy through that, um, did a lot of, I uh, really had a really great ther- physical therapist and um, I, I was sent to a, like a speech therapist type person um, who wanted, who actually at one point told my dad, you know, I really think that, you know, best like failing these, these tests we've been giving her, you know, it might be best to like really consider her moving home and, and just like uh, being like a bagger or, you know, c- you know, at that point I was still working full time um, mostly. And um and human resources, um, and uh, she, but this um, speech therapist had suggested I kind of lower my expectations for like a recovery. And I remember my dad saying to her um, on this, you know, conference call with her, um, <laughs> like, I don't think you know Beth. Um, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know Beth. She doesn't like when you lower expectations. Um, and I was on the call too, so I'm listening there, like, you know. I'm I'm a part of this cult too, and so hold me um, back, Dad. I'm about yeah. to I'm about to let loose. On yeah, hold me kid. back. <laughs> yeah, and so we that was my last meeting with her. Um, and so um, wow. I, you know, thankfully didn't. You know, I just it's like when you can't advocate for yourself, you have to have someone who could advocate for you. And I was really glad my dad did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I was able, I've made a full recovery. I mean, though, sometimes I do have to look at the date and see what it is. You know, I, it's never quite been the same, but I mean, I have made a full recovery like otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't really like to be around like lots of bright lights, but some, you know, somewhat normal, I guess. But um, anyway, so I went through um, that car accident. And so meanwhile, my leg is still hurting, but I hadn't had a chance to deal with that. And so, <laughs> Now it's 2018 and I'm like, oh God, my heel is really like at this point, it's gotten really bad. <laughs> like it's my been condition hurting this whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's been hurting the whole time and but it's gotten your worse. Head is more important than yeah. the heel. So <laughs> exactly. So I was like, gotta get the head right first. And so now <laughs> oh, we're back man. to trying to fix the heel. And at this point, my leg is really deteriorated. Like I can barely even limp at this point. Um mm-hmm. and uh, with complex regional pain syndrome, it changes the color, temperature, and everything in your leg. And I, um, it was pretty stable in the exosome, but had gotten worse um, since this fall. And so, um, you know, it was dark purple, and it was really cold. Um, and um, it causes, like, really extreme burning, and I couldn't get it to stop. It was just, it was really bad. My contracted and everything, and um, I couldn't even limp at this point. Like, it hurt that my whole leg was hurting. and so. Okay, <laughs> I really got to find someone to help me, and so um, I was really, really thankful. Actually, um, um, you know, I was like praying, like, dear God, please, like, just let there be someone who wants to help me, because it's really hard at this point now, having that many surgeries that like no one was really wanting to to get involved. You know, it's kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, I did find a group of surgeons in Austin um, who I was almost taken aback when they said we wanted to help. They wanted to help me. I was like, sorry, could you just say that one more time? 
Can I get that in writing? <laughs> can I get that? Can you write that down? And so, um, yeah, I, they, but I was kind of shocked because they had said, you know, we really think there's, you know, this, some really severe nerve injuries going on probably from this fall that you had and maybe some that were missed from your original injury. And no one had really, you know, other than having complex regional pain syndrome, which is a widespread in, um, nerve condition that comes from a nerve injury. No one had talked about any like new nerve injuries I had had. Mm. And so I didn't really know, like, you know, um, and nerve injuries don't really show up well on MRIs. And so really hard to, to diagnose those. Um, and then with complex regional pain syndrome, after you get that diagnosis, people kind of stop looking around to see what's wrong because um, it's kind of like, the, it's called the suicide disease. People actually end up committing suicide, it's supposed to be one of the most painful conditions to get. And so, um, wow. uh, so in pain all the time. Because you're in pain, it's so painful, yeah. And treatment is. And there's not much to do. Yeah, there's not much they yeah. can really do. And you can't, yeah, it's, just, it's like wow. you're stuck in this like vortex, you know, um, mm -hmm. which is why the exosim was so great because I was able to kind of cradle my leg, but still be able to, you know, get around. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, part of meeting the surgeon was they're like, hey, we were going to need you to take the exosim off. And I'm like, oh, it's like my shield. Like, I really don't want to take it off. You know, I'm, so at that point, I was a little bit nervous to do that because nothing mm -hmm. can help me other than the exosim. And so um, part of you. It was like part of me. It really was. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like laying my shield down. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I, um, they were like, well, you know, we really think we need to do some surgeries. And, but we really do think we can like really help you and, and potentially like go back and do some some work that might be able to get your leg to a better spot than it, it was ever since this injury in 2011. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. You know, um, but I didn't know like how long of a road that would take or how hard that might be. Um, and so when I met them in 2018, um, I, I assumed like maybe like a year or something like that. Well, now it's 2020. Um, <laughs> and I've since had, um, nine more surgeries, um, since the beginning of 2020. And so, um, I've been on crutches since then again. And so, um, so during these last, I guess, two and a half years, um, uh, I, uh, it's almost hard to explain like how many things I've been through, but, um, yeah, I've had like really, really lengthy surgeries, um, nerve reconstructions, um, nerve decompressions, um, like they've done some work to kind of lengthen some of the, the tendons in my ankle and, um, fix some of the things that have kind of happened from the fall. Um, but it turns out probably when I fell from that rope, I crushed, like had some triple, they call it like a triple crush and nerve injury. Um, had those like all the way up from my heel all the way up to my knee. Um, wow. And I probably, and then probably just like running on it and doing all those things for two years that, you know, made it worse, obviously um, mm -hmm. made everything worse. And so um, every I've, step landing with that heel. Yeah, off, off that, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely, definitely made it worse. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I didn't know what else to do at that point. So um, mm -hmm. Um, but I've had, so I've had two nerve simulators implanted, um, which are like pain, um, simulators. So like similar to like a spinal cord simulator, they now make them to where you can implant on the actual nerve, um, which is a little bit more targeted. So, um, those have been helpful and, um, you know, they've made a lot of progress, like since this has started, but it's been hard in the moment to kind of see when you're still on crutches to realize how much progress has been made. Um, mm -hmm. I have, 
kind of have to remind myself, like I actually really have come a long way and like the pain is, is definitely better. Um, and I just had my last surgery like about two weeks ago. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, this one has been a better recovery than all the previous ones. And I think that's because we've finally got, you know, through a lot of the injuries, um, they've had to do them in stages just because there was so much and they, um, couldn't do it all at one time without recovering well. And so, um, a lot of the surgeries, how long between surgeries and what is the, what is the like rehab look like before they can do another surgery? So I would say it felt like it's about been about like every three months or something. It would be about another surgery, uh, three, sometimes closer together, sometimes a little bit further apart. But mm-hmm. um, I, I've been in physical therapy the whole time, like during during these surgeries. And, and thankfully, I've had really awesome PT here in Austin. Um, but we try to get it to a spot where, I mean, the end goal, I guess, you know, with surgery always is to do the least amount as possible. So, you know, they'd always... Mm-hmm with each surgery, we try to see like, is that going to be enough? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what, would, would I be able to walk without pain without that? Or does that, is it better enough? You know, and mm-hmm. it would, and so far they've always had to keep going, you know? Um, and so um, each surgery would kind of try to determine if another one was necessarily needed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, could I get by with not having, cause obviously like the more you cause trauma to the body, you know, it's not always, the better thing and especially with complex regional pain syndrome um any like injury to nerves can make it worse and so it's always a little bit of a risk you know yeah you don't want to fix one problem and create another right and create another one and then mm-hmm. yeah it's to be on crutches again for like another two and a half years probably not a good thing you know mm-hmm. or my other leg which <laughs> you know so there's like some drawbacks obviously like you know my wrist is kind of hurt like after being on crutches that long and <laughs> even during this time um, I got a dog and I've been walking him like a mile or and a half or more a day. Um, so, you know, like, it's not like I'm just, you know, I'm pretty active on my crutches during this time. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they've had to do it though in stages, um, just to try to see like one for like my health purposes and then two, just to see like, you know, is it, is another one warranted, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we talk about when it comes to exercise, when it comes to like nutrition, we talk about minimum effective dose. And like that's mm-hmm. yeah. That's very much a medical like medical terminology as well. But I've never heard of it being applied to, you know, surgery. But yeah. When there's something this complex where like you said, you've got all of this background, let's call it, where you've had, you know, four surgeries before the last nine Mm -hmm. there's so much going on and yeah I'm sure so many surgeons are just like I don't want to deal with this because oh there's so many yeah yeah they really are and like and honestly I don't blame anyone who doesn't want to like help Mm me or I don't I don't blame I really do believe everyone tries their best and I do think that like it just takes the right person like you finding the right surgeon you know always makes or doctor for any reason like make makes the difference and I think it benefits both you and your doctor if it's like the right fit you know and so Mm -hmm. um I'm grateful and thankful um that the surgeons I have now just really told me from the day I met him like 
that he's he's like I want to run a race with you and I'm gonna get you to I'm gonna help you get there and I, as soon as he said that I knew he was my person <laughs> mm-hmm. um and yeah. he's he's an awesome guy and like just really even like the times where I thought oh my gosh I don't know how longer I can keep how much longer I can keep doing this you know like mm-hmm. I need to get back to my life like I'm I'm struggling to continue on this this kind of recovery surgery recovery surgery you know path um he's been very motivating to like just you know not give up and um so I am very thankful for that and um and also just thankful that from now since 2011 to now you know it's also been like advances in research and things with complex surgical pain syndrome and then just in in nerve surgery which is a very specialized you know um specialty you know um especially in the leg um that is hard you were telling me a little bit about that when we talked on the phone um, about how the the type of surgeon that you need for for nerve damage is like a hand surgeon, right? Well, I mean, yeah. When I first injured my ankle in 2011, when I required nerve surgery, they sent me to a hand surgeon because uh, they're like, well, hand surgeons are the ones that are, you know, that's there's no leg nerve you know surgeon and and I did so I went to a hand surgeon and mm-hmm. um and that was considered pretty normal um and the, but this you know this surgeon I have now is actually a peripheral nerve surgeon for the foot and ankle and lower mm-hmm. limb and so I was like gosh where were you when I, like I really needed you too <laughs> um so I'm glad that that's kind of becoming more well known because I um at, in 2011 I was not aware of that mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think it's come a long way in nine years. It's come a long way. And even benefit, like even um, research in complex regional pain syndrome has come a long way um, mm-hmm. in, in like in how they treat that in physical therapy um, and just different, you know, uh, there's two types of complex regional pain syndrome. And thankfully I have type two, which is, well, I say thankfully because um, type two is injury to a nerve. So there's like a little bit more hope for for something that can be done since there was some injury. Some people can get CRPS type one, which is can come on without injury to a nerve. And so it's a little bit difficult, more difficult to treat, I think. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the last you know couple of years I've been going through this and um, it's been really challenging in more ways than I thought. Like I thought I was a strong person um honestly I thought I was like wow I've been through a lot like I'm strong and then in this happened um in the last two two years you know these nine surgeries have made me question like am I a strong person because there's definitely in times where I I used to always tell you you know part of my blog was reminding people to never give up and that was something I it's like a motto I lived by and then when I got through these last um you know this is my 13th surgery um you know I there was definitely been times the last couple of years where I thought, I don't know, like I'm losing the light, like inside to keep, you know, I don't know how I'm going to keep going. Like I'm just struck. I'm really struggling. And I never really got to that point before mm-hmm. previously, you know, and until you really get to that point, you don't really know what that feels like. I didn't never had known what it was truly like to feel like, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know, like I'm having to literally tell myself not to give up and write it on my arm because at that point I wasn't, I, it was not coming to me naturally anymore to not give up, you know? And so that got to be really hard. And I was thankful I had my dog actually, um, 
who needed me <laughs> because he needed to go for a walk and he needed to be outside. And I wasn't going to be, you know, crutching, going for a crutch walk like by myself, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. glad that he needed to go for a walk. And, um, you know, he needs, he wakes up every morning. He's a Labrador, super excited for breakfast. Like he loves breakfast. And it was kind of, kind of funny to me so it made me it would make me laugh in the morning like how hungry he was <laughs> um and then just like and then him needing to go outside I was you know smelling fresh air and like you know feeling the effects of nature whereas I wouldn't have felt that before and I, and I really do believe in many ways that Duke saved my life and um you know to a point of making me find that like light again because it was they're definitely I mean you can be strong for a month six months, a year, but, you know, when it starts going on a lot longer than you ever imagined or thought is possible or in, in when you, it's like running a race, not knowing where the, where the end of the race is and not knowing if, like, is there any water breaks here or, like, where's, mm-hmm. or like, where's the end, you know, I, not you knowing where it is. You think you're getting close and then they yeah. say, oh, we just moved it's, back. Yeah. You're like, oh, by the way, this is an ultra marathon, not a half marathon. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of what it felt like is like, I don't, you know, it's like I've had to kind of redefine for myself, you know, what it means to never give up or, you know, what it means, to, you know, I, I, it's not exactly how I thought my life would always go, you know? And so just kind of like redefining that and then just trying to keep finding trust and faith and in the journey. Um, but it has been really hard in many ways um, that I never, like I just didn't realize it could get that hard, you know. Mm-hmm. So through it all, you've just decided to give up, and you're not gonna try to run anymore. And, <laughs> and so right. this is me saying, I give up. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the part that everybody needs to hear. Like I think this is the really important part because you've, like, you know, every everybody from from their personal perspective thinks that life is really hard. You know, there's, yeah. there's very few people who are like, you know what, my life has been so easy. Most people struggle. Like, you know, maybe if it's not them personally, it's someone close to them. And that affects them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, few people have had this many hurdles condensed and compressed all into, you know, this, like, essentially nine or ten year block of time the way that, you know, life has yeah. been for you. So um, here we are, 2020. What's what's your mindset now? Like, what's what's the outlook? Um, you know, I would say it's so, it's so challenging. Um, I mean, when you reached out to me, I was like, oh, should I do this? Because I'm still not like, you know, I wanted to wait. If I was ever going to share my story, I thought I'm going to wait till I come out on the other side and I have something really, you know, positive and uplifting and and like motivationally, (laughs) you know, like something that would help someone. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I like Kevin. I don't want to let him down, but (laughs) I'm like, I'm going (laughs) to still do it. But I, I mean, it is still hard. I I think I'm still, you know, somewhat still in that in a little, I don't know what the outcome is. And that's a little bit scary. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I still, I'm hopeful that like, this is the last surgery and that can continue like making the progress I want to make. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, while every, you know, while it is challenging, I do see that I don't think I will ever give up. Um, I think there's times where I've 
felt down enough to want to, but I do think that I'm, you know, I always told myself I never would give up. And so I'm going to hold on to that. Um, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's something I have to, you know, remind myself of not just like as an overall term, but just something I tell myself every single day, because it's something I have to, you know, really choose as a choice, you know, you have to make, and, um, I have to keep choosing that like every single day. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's easy to make that commitment, you know, one one time. Right. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. But then as things get harder and harder and the timeline, you know, keeps getting pushed back further and further and ne- oh, we got to do another surgery. Oh, that wasn't the last one. Now we've got another one. Right. Oh, we're on number 9. Like that's something you've got to recommit to every day. And that's got to be a really heavy burden. Yeah, I really, it's like, it's almost like you kind of have to take a step back. And I've had to like, really just remind myself that, you know, I think we all have it. It's like life can get hard and it can always get harder, but we can, we're, you know, I think all of us are I think everyone has it in themselves to be strong, but they can always get stronger. And that's just why I just try to remind myself that like, even if life gets harder and even if I don't know what the outcome is, um, you know, I've proven myself that I've got stronger throughout this whole journey. And so what's there not to think that I won't continue to be strong, you know? Um, and I think we all can choose that and find that within ourselves. Um, but, you know, it's just like, you kind of have to look at your own story and look at your own life and kind of, if you look at it, I think we all really are all have that in us, um, you know, unique gifts to like in ourselves, but you kind of have to look at that and see it for yourself, you know. For sure. You've got to, you've got to be deliberate about deciding that you're going to keep going. Like it's mm-hmm. not enough to just like passively go through life. You've got to, you got to take your dog for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true that I really or three. I or three, yeah. I mean there's people who will be like why are you sure you should be walking your dog or do you need a dog walker or like oh like you know I feel so bad you're on crutches or I've been on crutches before for two weeks like don't worry you'll get through this and I'm like and and meanwhile I know people mean well and like they don't know it of course they have no idea I've been on crutches for this long you know and if you tell them, it just makes them sad. So, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I think I really do think that just there is something to be said for fitness, you know, always is that endorphin you get from running that I really do miss. Um, and mm-hmm. so when I'm crutching and I'm walk out, you know, walking my dog, I'm trying to get some endorphins here. People like, I'm, you know, that's the reason I'm walking fast with my dog. Like I, I'm having fun. Like, I mean, that's, that's not probably some people don't know, like, that may be the most fun I have all day, you know, like, mm-hmm. that to me is, like, really fun to be able to take my dog out, and so um, I, I really do think that there's a lot of people in chronic pain that you may not, we, as people, you can't see chronic pain, you know, you can't see pain, really, on someone when you're passing them by, um, mm-hmm. so I think it's a hard thing, like, for people to see. And I noticed that a lot with my head injury. It was like, I never had an injury before where people couldn't see it. And I think that's like, you know, something, if you can't see an injury, it's a little bit different. Um, and of course, obviously you can see I have a leg injury, but like people can't see when you're struggling or, or, you know, maybe they don't know why you're walking your dog that far. But <laughs> I, I do believe though that 
it has a really positive effect on mental health to be outside mm. and fitness. That's why I think I've always loved, you know, anything active is because it's, it really does something for your, for your body. And I'm glad I've been able to get it back out there. And if it wasn't for my dog, I don't think I would be, you know. You know, you're like a, you're like a real life Dr. Strange, like you're not giving up. And like, I think that's, you know, in some ways that's way more powerful than a superhero. You're like a real life hero. You know, you're, you're providing a lot, a lot of like powerful inspiration for people who've not only dealt with injury, but are like currently dealing with pain right now, whether it's, um, sport injury related or mm -hmm. otherwise you know and I think that's that's why I wanted to have you on like well thanks well thank you I do I mean I do think we're all you know going through stuff that you know obviously things we don't post about on social media you know there's a lot of things that we're each person everyone faces you know as things that you don't always talk about you know um, and mm -hmm. most of the time you want to share like the end story you know you want to see that victory you want to be like and this is how I made it to the end <laughs> um, but what mm -hmm. about like when you're still in the middle and, you know, um, thanks for asking me to share, because honestly, I probably wouldn't have unless you asked me, um, you know, because it's being in that middle part is hard. Um, and, you know, it's I, I just hope that, like, if anything, someone takes from my story that, you know, life is hard and like it is hard for everyone. And no matter what challenges you go through, um, I, you know, you've got to find it in yourself to choose to go on, you know, like remind yourself why you never gave up to begin with and, you know, keep going because, um, you can. Yeah. I can't add to that. Like that's, <laughs> that's perfect. That's it. So I think that's, that's, that's the takeaway. Like that's what everybody needs to hear right now. Um, so Beth, how can people, follow you or reach out to ask you questions or, you know, send you a little love and encouragement. So I have Instagram. Um, it, it is private, but you can sure reach out to me. Um, I, my uh, handle on Instagram is for a second. I forgot it. It's a uh, Beth dot shaver. So you should be able to, it's S H A V E R. So Beth B E T H dot shaver. Awesome. I'll throw that in the, uh, show description so that people can okay. link to that directly and um yeah i mean it's it's quite the story it like um i think just hearing it provides people like a lot of context for i don't i don't know if this sounds weird to hear but like like hearing your story reminds me like okay there's always somebody who 
their circumstances may seem like way worse and they're not they're not giving in they're not stopping so like whatever whatever problems i have feel relatively small when you know when i'm reminded of of what you're doing and so that's super helpful for me to be like hey don't complain quit complaining refocus <laughs> like get to work get it done like set goals and work till you get them because there's other people out there who are doing it and they're not letting, you know, they're not letting their hurdles get in the way. So, well, thank you. But I do think that, you know, I think that we all have our own challenges. Like I'm sure you have things, you know, that you're facing too that are, you know, I, I do think that we're all in our own ways, you know, fighting our own battles and, um, but I thank you for, yeah, no, thank you. So thank you again for having me. And I'm again, super honored to be able to come on your show and everything. Um, I appreciate it. No, the, uh, the pleasure has been all mine. And I know that everybody watching and listening has, uh, enjoyed listening to you tell your story and is, uh, is backing you, cheering you. Well, ho- we're on, hopefully we're on team. maybe once I'm able to run again, I'll have to <laughs> somehow we'll get you back on. provide an update for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you back on after you okay. run your race with your surgeon okay. and you can tell us all about that. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Alrighty y'all. Well, thank you so much for watching and listening. Go follow Beth and uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. Adios. Bye.